You are Locked On Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Thursday edition of the Locked On Longhorns podcast. I am your host, Patrick Kahn. Follow me on Twitter at PatSportsGuy. Follow Cammy and Cammy and G. Follow the show Locked On Horns. And Cammy, we've got a full show today. We are ready for the decommitment of Tom Herman. We're going to get into that in a minute, but I just want to remind you this episode of the Locked On Longhorns podcast brought to you by Built Bar. Head on over to BuiltBar.com. Use a promo code Locked On. You're getting 20% off your next order. Whew. Cammy. Not good. Uh, we got a big problem going on in Austin right now. Yeah. First name Tom, last name Herman. <laughs> that's that's the problem. Uh, and, and we're going to get into Tom Herman in a little bit, but let, let's talk about the elephant in the room. Uh, the commitment of uh, Quinn Ewers, the number one rated prospect, technically ever, was the highest rated uh, tied with Vince Young. So number two nationally, technically, but 24-7 Sports obviously has him as a number one uh, recruit, overall recruit in the 2022 class. And he is now trending towards Ohio State. So uh, less than an hour after he decommitted to Texas, uh, those crystal ball predictions were entered for Ohio State. So it almost just looks like a flip here. Yeah. Uh, breaking news. Ohio State is coming to Texas to take all of our talent. Uh, J.K. Dobbins ring a bell. J.T. Barrett, you know, those guys. Jeffrey Okuda, these are all Texas talents that have gone to Ohio State. And Ryan Day is continuing to do what his predecessor, Urban Meyer, did, was come to Texas and raid the top talent. You know, and, and it's not just Ohio State. It's Alabama, USC. Everybody's coming to Texas. Oregon, for years, LaMichael James, you remember him? Mm-hmm. Top running back in the country, went on play in the NFL. Guess where he came from? Texas. Texas is a hotbed for talent, but the problem is that unlike in years past, Texas could keep their talent. They could keep a Vince Young. You know, uh, they could keep a Jamal Charles, a Roy Williams. You know, uh, who, who am I forgetting? Earl Thomas. You know, those are the guys that would that were from Texas and stayed in Texas. And occasionally they could go out to California and they would grab a guy like Ricky Williams. I think you might have heard of that guy. Uh, you know, it, but my big problem here is the fact that there is a mass exodus of top level recruits at the University of Texas. And oh, by the way. Oklahoma is reaping the benefits. Billy Bowman. Yeah. Uh, Ohio State, Alabama. These guys are coming in and taking all the talent, and Texas can't compete. Why? Uh, I mean, it's hard to say just because we've mentioned all of these issues in the past. We've mentioned the player development issues. Uh, they're not turning out top level NFL draft prospects. We've seen that for numerous years. A lot of the former Longhorns in the NFL right now are having to make a name for themselves. And many of them were either drafted late or undrafted. So um, I think it says something that Texas's top two former players in the NFL right now are a punter and a kicker. So they, they really don't have those uh, shiny statistics to lay out in front of these recruits like Ohio State and Alabama and Clemson and all those top tier programs do. So um, I can certainly see why uh, players like Ewers obviously flipped over to Ohio State because I mean, 
Texas has just looked awful this year. I don't think they've played a complete game once. I don't think the offense is necessarily running as uh, probably the Ewers was promised, or um, I don't think Yersich has full control of this offense yet. We know he was the one who actually recruited Quinn uh, to Texas. So there's just so many issues going on right now, but I think it eventually lands on the folders at folders, shoulders of the head coach for sure. Folders. I think you need coffee, Cammy. That's why you're thinking it. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to give you this stat, and I'm sure I've shared it with you, but I'm going to go ahead and share it now. Baylor, Oklahoma, TCU, Texas Tech, West Virginia. These are all the schools that have more first-round draft picks since 2016 than the Texas Longhorns. So there's your development. That's embarrassing. You wrote about it. Yeah, and I guess what's kind of concerning, and I think what all the fans are really concerned about right now and seeing this article too is that Uh, One, everyone's aware now after the 24-7 sports study that Texas has the fifth most talented roster in college football this season, and they do not look like it. They're not utilizing the talent they have. Uh, They're still having numerous players each year flirt with the transfer portal. It's just not there. Something isn't clicking within this program. And then um, we've talked about they they were the bottom five in almost every category dating back uh, since 2015, um, I believe. So I, I don't know. It's just something with coaching at Texas isn't right. And it's been that way since Mac Brown left. So I think the only way to write this ship, honestly, and I did not believe this before. I thought Herman would be safe through the COVID year. I think the only way they can write this ship is to swing big, uh, very big, like a guy like Urban Meyer. Uh, otherwise, I'm not sure the direction they'll go because I don't think uh, they can necessarily make that change mid-season if it's not Urban Meyer. And I also don't know there, if there's quality candidates that would jump ship over to Texas. So um, it's a tricky situation. Let's let's put a pin in that. We'll come back to that in the next segment. But uh, but you bring up a good point. You're talking about the transfers. Kenyatta Watson, Byron Bonds. I mean, Anthony Cook looked at it. Juwan Mitchell uh, looked at it. I mean – like you said, there's a mass exodus, and it's not just the recruits. It's the guys that are here, mm-hmm. you know, or were here. Uh, Brew McCoy was another one, right? Five-star wide receiver, expected to do a lot of things. Off he went. Quarterback, off he went. You know, they're they're not sticking around, and a lot of that has to do with what's going on behind the scenes, you know, and and that's a big issue. And, you know, I talk with, with uh, Robert Allen, who covers the Oklahoma State for Sports Illustrated, you know, talking about Oklahoma's state's offense, you know, and and more importantly, Mike Yursich. And, you know, they even said to me, he even said to me, he goes, this is not Yursich offense. He goes, I see some elements. He said, that's Tom Herman's offense. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the quarterback power. That's all that. He goes, that's Mike Yursich likes a pro style quarterback. He doesn't want to run his quarterback. He wants him to sit in a pocket, throw, and use the running backs for the running game, not not your quarterback. So obviously, I, I think some of it is the fact that maybe this. Let's let's talk about Quinn Ewers real quick. Do you think this has something to back that Quinn Ewers was promised one style of offense and he's seen mm-hmm. something completely different on the field? I think that's certainly the case. Just because Yersich was the primary uh, recruiter for him, so I know they have a close relationship. His his relationship wasn't necessarily with Tom Herman, so uh, something must have happened behind the scenes that he's aware of, or that he was promised, like you mentioned. And he's probably not feeling confident uh, with Herman being the guy there right now in terms of uh, running that offense. And we we've all kind of touched on how it doesn't look like Yersich's offense, and um, we kind of wish it did. But um, I think it honestly might be too late. I thought 
Ewers would be decommitting in terms of opening his recruitment to kind of uh, have deeper discussions with other programs. I didn't necessarily feel he was completely flipping that fast. So it seems like he already had his decision made and the way he kind of relayed it on social media saying he'd have a firm decision soon made it feel like uh, he was certainly flipping. So I don't think someone like Urban Meyer can come in and save this. I think he's already made his decision, but someone like that has to come in and save obviously the rest of the recruits because we've heard rumors that everyone's contemplating their decision now and um, it's just a downward spiral. So you have to put it into it somewhere. How long before Jalen Gilbro flips? Uh, How long before Faison Wilson flips? How long before Jatavion Sanders decides to join his buddy Billy Bowman and go to Oklahoma? I mean, that's where we're at right now, and that's where it feels like it's going. All right, but coming up next, we're going to talk a little bit about Tom Herman, uh, and then later in the show we're going to get a little bit into Oklahoma State, that game coming up on Saturday at 3 p.m. But first I want to tell you about Coors Light. So when you're getting fired up, Cammie, and you need to chill out, Especially when Tom Herman is making you mad, when he's when he's he's just stressing you out. You need a moment to chill. You gotta reach for that Coors Light, the only beer that's made to chill. No matter the sport, no matter the team, no matter how bad your team is looking, it's always the time. Even if they're not playing, there's still plenty of teams that are playing right now. All the football teams are coming back, so why not get Coors Light, the official beer? of watching your team play on Saturday. And we're talking cold refreshment. It's cold lager, cold filtered, cold packaged, literally made to chill. Always enjoy responsibly. Celebrate responsibly with the Coors Brewing Company in Golden, Colorado. Uh, And the best part, Cammie, is you can get that cold brewed beer brought right to you. Go to get.coorslight.com, and they're going to bring it right to you, and that is the best way. All you got to do is sit back, relax, and crack open a cold one. All right, as this pandemic continues, and we're still inside for most of of our daily life, you got to figure out a way to get back on that wagon, get back to working out, doing what you used to do every day. And one of the things is sometimes you need that energy, so you got to reach for a Built Bar. Head on over to BuiltBar.com. Use that promo code locked on. That's 20% off. Less sugar, less carbs. It's great. There's no funky aftertaste. There's no washing it down with 20 gallons of water. They got great taste, 100% chocolate. You got the brownie, the peanut butter. They got 12 original flavors, the six new flavors. Definitely need to reach for your Bill Bar. It gives me that energy. It helps me power through and, and get through my day. Uh, it, it helps cut those cravings, you know, as we're, we're gaining the COVID-20, the COVID-30, the COVID-40. You got to find a way to counteract that. And the best way to do that is with Built Bar. Head on over to BuiltBar.com. Use that promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, 20% off your next order. All right, so obviously, Cammy, with the decommitment, losing out on legacy players, there's only, for me, I don't know if you feel this way, but for me, there's only one person to blame. And we all need somebody to blame because that's that's what people do, right? We have to blame somebody. Who's at fault here? Tom Dot Herman. That's it. 
Yeah, you kind of have to put the blame at this point. With so much going on and so much uncertainty within the program, you eventually have to put it uh, on the leader's shoulders, like I mentioned, which is Tom Herman. And we've mentioned this basically for the last few weeks that he's continuing these familiar failures each year. He's losing to these unranked teams. Uh, the team just straight up looks undisciplined. Uh, so many bonehead errors and uh, mistakes and turnovers and uh, personal foul penalties and just unnecessary play this season. So uh, it's... Yeah, I think that's a product of Herman and how he's coaching. And uh, that's not even touching on the recruiting and player development side. So uh, too many things are pointing his direction right now to think uh, the blame deserves uh, to go elsewhere, I guess. Was 2018 an aberration? Uh, I don't know. See, I've never truly felt confident and Herman's style of coaching, if that makes sense. I think he's kind of a player's guy. Uh, there's no doubt that uh, he, he brings great culture and things like that. And uh, the players love him. And he obviously has the players back. But um, really, the only thing he's consistently done is had decent recruiting classes, but he hasn't done anything with them. So I'm not even sure if we could label that as a strength anymore. And yeah, he showed up in uh, all three bowl games. Uh, but what about this season? He hasn't truly. I mean, I know uh, he beat Oklahoma once. That's what? within the conference, maybe his biggest win. So uh, he's continuing to lose the TCU. So I don't know. He just can't compete in this big 12 conference for some reason. And I'm not sure why. And I don't know how long you could give him to figure that out. His first recruiting class, he had the number three class in the country. His second recruiting class, he had the number three ranked class in the country. His third recruiting class, he had the number eight ranked class okay so you're top 10 each and every year you look at this class they're 17th and if they lose sanders it's gonna get worse here's my thing let's talk about tom herman coaching since that 2018 season what is the texas record in the 18 games they played since then oh i'm not sure but i i don't think it's very good 11 and 7 11 and 7 what is tom herman's record against ranked teams when he's or unranked teams when he's the ranked when he's got the ranked team not sure but he's lost a lot of them he's lost seven holy moly i didn't think it was that many i was i was gonna guess around five seven uh he's lost as the ranked opponent playing an unranked opponent uh as a playing a top 12 team okay so one of the things that you expect with a top five level talented team year in and year out, right, Cami? Mm -hmm. is you expect to beat the good teams. In the regular season, when playing a team that is ranked 12th or better, Tom Herman is one and seven. Ooh, see, I'm kind of conflicted there because I think seven. he needs to beat the bad teams, which you can't seem to do. So um, I much obviously prefer to lose to a top 10 or a top 15 team than to lose to these unranked teams like TCU every year, it seems, and even unranked Oklahoma this year. This was his year uh, to coast through the Big 12. So uh, he couldn't even do that. And it was obviously an embarrassing loss against TCU as well. So I, it's just unranked losses that are bothering me more, I guess. Well, I, I think the expectation level and, you know, and I've heard, you know, analysts and whatnot and say, maybe we should lower the expectation level on Texas. And I think that's wrong. You shouldn't lower it because you have the facilities, you have the finances, you have the talent, you ain't got a football coach. And I'm going to tell you this right now, 
If Texas wants to continue being mediocre, go get those up-and-coming coaches. Mm -hmm. Go get a Charlie Strong. Go get a Tom Herman. If you want to suck, if you don't want to compete, if you want to just be a mediocre football team, yeah, go ahead, do it. Go get one of those guys. Shoot, go get Jake Spavadol out of uh, Texas State. Why don't you do that? That'd be a great idea. Oh, God. Yeah, I'm sorry, coach. That'd be a great (laughs) idea. You know what you should do is you should go get Urban Meyer. You should have a blank check right now getting him. You want to turn this around? You want to stop losing players? I mean, they're bleeding out right now, and they're not doing anything to stop it. And you know how you stop it? Because you fired Tom Herman because he should have never been hired in the first place. Auburn, you should have done us a favor and hired him first. Oh, gosh, I can't tell you're frustrated at all. But no, I agree. I think uh, fortunately for Texas right now, on a positive note, I think Crystal Conte is the guy to swing big. We obviously saw uh, who he hired in softball and uh, women's basketball. I think um, those were proven coaches. And um, obviously softball completely turned the program around pretty quick. Uh, was as high as the number one ranked team last season. So the number um, one ranked team yeah, two and, days in a row. Yeah, and Vic Schaefer, obviously he's one of the most well-respected um and a championship winning coach in terms of women's basketball. So I think fortunately, Crystal Conte does swing after those big time coaches. The only problem is uh, the list of those is uh, very small. (laughs) I think it's just only Urban Meyer at this point. So that kind of worries me in the sense that will Urban Meyer want this job? Will he be willing to step away from the whole commentating and analyst role? So uh, that's the only uh, up in the air part for me, but I think he's obviously the leading candidate. I think he has to be. And I think um, Urban Meyer is the only reason Herman uh, would be fired this season. Oh, I, th- I think they, uh, I think they lose on Saturday. He's gone. Um, I can, I, especially if they lose big, uh, you know, this Oklahoma state team, and we're going to get into it here in a minute. This Oklahoma state team hasn't really been challenged this year. Mm-hmm. Um, you could argue the Iowa state game. Okay. Yeah. But who else have they played? West Virginia, Kansas, Tulsa, I mean, they haven't been challenged, and now they got their quarterback back. So you're getting Oklahoma's best shot, Oklahoma State's best shot. Uh, and we'll get into that. But, yeah, you're right. I'm fired up. Why? Because I'm seeing – I. it's like you said, it's a familiar failure. You got I, – I can't tell you how many Mondays I got to listen to Tom Herman say winning is hard. We had a great practice on Sunday. Yes, I don't care how great your practice was on Sunday. You sucked on the field on Saturday. I mean, yeah. why can't – why doesn't it translate? Why yeah. doesn't it translate? Yeah, and that every every single issue we've mentioned going on with this team this season goes back to coaching. And I think he has too much control over this team, like we mentioned. I think the coordinator hires were good hires, but Herman's not necessarily uh, giving them free reign. Like, he probably should be trying at this point since his job is on the line. But uh, I have another scenario for you. Obviously, Oklahoma State is a top 10 team. I believe they're ranked number six right now, and they're going Mm -hmm. to be playing in Stillwater. What happens if Texas goes out there and win? Because I think in typical uh, bipolar fashion with Texas, uh, they'll go out and uh, beat a really good team and then maybe lose the next week to a a not-so-great team in West Virginia. That's exactly what's going to happen. They're going to win on Saturday if they do win, and then they're going to turn around and and, uh, lose at home again to a a lesser opponent. We've already seen that this year. We saw that in TCU. They should have lost to Texas Tech. But here's the thing, and and we're going to get into this in the next segment here in just a moment, but the thing with, for me, looking at this Texas team, there's nothing that they've shown me on the field that gives me any confidence that they're going to figure it out. Texas Tech, you should have blown them out. That game shouldn't have been close. Uh Uh, TCU, hello, they shouldn't beat you ever. Like, you have way more talent. 
That actually brings up a great point because someone I was speaking with my cousin, I believe the other day, and uh, he was really frustrated against Baylor. And you know, it's bad when you're frustrated, even though Texas is winning, but uh, he was just mentioning Texas can't beat people. They can't confidently go out there and beat someone. Yeah. The win by what? 10 or less. Mostly they, they don't go out there and put their foot on the gas. I don't know why they don't adapt in the game. They just completely let up and get conservative. And we thought that would get better this year, but they haven't truly beaten anyone this year except UTEP, but that's an outlier. Obviously I think most teams in the big 12 could probably do that to UTEP. So it's just frustrating the mannerisms in which they're winning and losing this season. Yeah. I have a theory on, on the, on the Baylor thing. And we're going to get into that in our next segment. We're going to talk a little bit about my theory. Plus we're going to get into Oklahoma state. All right. So here, here's my theory, Cammy. Here's why they didn't bury Baylor like they should have. Tom wow. Herman and David Randa are friends and he didn't want to. <laughs> Oh God, I don't, I don't necessarily know what happened there. I mean, I guess the positive sign was that our defense finally showed up. Uh, but like I said, Texas, I mean, we preached and there was so much hype and expectations around this high powered offense and they are just not producing. And if they do, it's did, the last few minutes of the fourth quarter. Did the defense show up or did Baylor's offense? Yeah, probably a mixture of both, but I did see some improvements on the defensive I did, side. I I guess. Did. Don't get me wrong. I saw improvements, but I saw the same issues that we've been seeing missed tackles. Okay, they had a lot less than they normally do, but still, they're having an issue with wrapping up. They're uh, they're not running the football. They dropped interceptions. There were several. Dropped interceptions. Yeah, exactly. I think they had three in that. I counted three that they dropped. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and it wasn't just one player. B.J. Foster. Okay, I'll give B.J. Foster. He's kind of got a club on his hand, so uh, I'll give him a pass. Yeah. Chris Brown uh, was pretty bad. Chris Brown was bad. Deshaun Jameson was what happened to Deshaun Jameson this year? <laughs> I thought he was going to be the guy. Yeah, it, he was actually named the most exciting player to watch, I believe, from ESPN. So, uh, yeah, I the think, other, I think the other was a, Jordan Whittington. Yeah, I think it's a product of the team as a whole. It's just something's not clicking with them right now. I don't think it's necessarily individual uh, performance failures as we think it is. I think something they're just not focused. Something is not right with this team right now. I mean, it's. I think it's hard to stay motivated, to be honest with you. When yeah, you I'm sure that's a – after that TCU game and to lose to an unranked conference opponent that early in the season makes it really hard to hop back on that train and be really focused. And then having to lose twice back-to-back against uh, your rival right after that, I'm sure it's hard to kind of rebound from that. And you had a bye week and had to basically sit and sulk about those two losses. So uh, yeah, it's hard mentally on these players this year. And I'm sure it, they're frustrated with the coaching as well. So it's And it's just, not even – it's not even just the last two losses, like before the Baylor game, the Texas Tech game. Mm-hmm. You've got to have Sam Ellinger go play hero ball to save you week in and week out. It's the same. We saw every time Texas goes down by double digits. Here comes Sam. Mm-hmm. Texas goes down by double digits. Here comes Sam. Texas has got three minutes left in the game. What happens? They're down by two touchdowns. Here comes Sam. It's like, why aren't you doing – late in games why aren't you doing that earlier i mean because we even heard joel Klatt talk about this he said when you when you get into tempo and you do everything to get back in the game and once you tie the game you go back to your base offense like your base offense didn't work yeah exactly so what I do think we think is going to happen on saturday 
Uh I think that's part of the adjustments and things like that, that we talk about that aren't happening. It's like Herman is so stubborn, like, oh, Sam Ellinger downfield. What game was that? Was it Oklahoma when he was over 20 yards? Oh, for 11 and kept forcing it downfield. Like, come on, it's not working. Go up. I completely agree what you mean. And I guess what probably worried Herman is when he was up tempo with Ingram against TCU where he fumbled, but uh, Ingram was the only, I guess, what he says, available running back, even though Roshan and uh, Bijan were probably uh, healthy enough to run on the goal line or just give it to Ellinger. Anyways, I think it's just like he'll have some type of failure like that in Ingram fumbling or whatever in that up-tempo office, but that up-tempo offense is what got them there. It doesn't make sense. He's not adjusting at all to anything. At all. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, and, and when they finally do get there, turtle Tom rears his ugly head again, let's slow it down. <laughs> and that's, and that's the thing that drives me nuts. It's like, okay, here's the thing. Not only you already have too many losses on this season, but if you want to work your, if you want to get into that new year six bowl game, you got to start style pointing things mm-hmm. because you've already got two losses. You can't coast in now. You could have, if you would have yeah. beat Oklahoma, if you would have beat TCU, mm-hmm. if you wouldn't have played close to Texas tech, you could have coasted in. That's all you had to do. But now yeah. they got to play Oklahoma state on Saturday. And you know what? I don't like this game. You want to know why I don't like it? Cause this team could play defense. And what mm-hmm. is, what has Sam Ellinger struggled with? TCU. What do they do? Well, yeah. Play defense. And, they got playmakers all over that defense. Uh-huh. And Ellinger actually actually mentioned this week that he he's pretty aware he's going to have to throw the ball, and they play man coverage a lot. So uh, they're really going to have to rely on Ellinger's arm in this game, I believe, especially uh, with the struggles they've had running the football with their uh, running backs. So obviously Oklahoma State's great at defending that, and um, I'm a little worried about Texas having to rely on Ellinger through the air because he's kind of struggled with his accuracy at times this season. So that – kind of worries me. I'm not sure if that's really a strength or not, just because he can obviously take off running at any point. We know how dangerous he is with his legs, but yeah, that it worries me. But for some reason I have this odd feeling that they're going to go out and win this game. And then it's just going to bring more confusion. It's it, it, And I get that. Like I understand the, the, the feeling wise, mm-hmm. but when I look at this football team and when I look at what they're going up against, I don't have that same level of feeling last year. They won 36, 30 in Austin a play two or three, and it's the other way around. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Oklahoma State wins that football game. The last time that they went into – and this is the funny thing. The last time they went into Stillwater, Texas was the number six-ranked team, and they lost that game. Mm-hmm. And why did they lose that game? Again, they were down by 10 late fourth quarter, had to make a comeback. Sam was a sophomore at that time. Uh, but my worry is Chuba Hubbard. My worry oh, yeah. is is LD Brown. My worry is Sanders. What mobile quarterback? Hello, Max Dugan. Do you remember what he did to you? Ran it right up your gut. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, let's not forget they got probably one of the best wide receivers in the country in Tylen Wallace. Wallace. He worries me. Uh, and he should. I mean, he's an absolute monster on the outside. Uh, he hadn't had his quarterback all year, and he's still putting up better numbers than Joshua Moore, and he had Sam Ellinger all year. The only – I looked at the areas. I did the tell of the tape. The only stat that Joshua Moore is winning is is uh, touchdowns, and that's because Texas throws the ball or threw the ball more to Joshua Moore. 
than what they were doing uh, as far as, you know, end zone goes and whatnot. And, and I think Joshua Moore's a hell of a player. Don't get me wrong. Oh, he is. That guy, he is a football nut. And I love his story coming back, everything he's had to go through. Uh, but for me personally, and Cammie, let's get into this real quick. What does Texas need to do to win this football game? I'm going to need more than Joshua Moore. I yeah, need I, more. I, I need Jake Smith. I, was I need say. Brennan Eagles. Yep. I need Tariq Black. I mean, offensively, if you know that they're going to stack the box and stop you from running, and oh, by the way, you can't run the football anyway if you're not Sam Ellinger, um, that's going to make this team one, one-dimensional, one and that's how you beat Texas. Yeah, I, I fortunately think Texas is going to have to spread the ball around, so I think other wide receivers will step up. But I think uh, what they've truly been lacking is that uh, dominant slot receiver just due to injuries. Uh, we saw what could be with Whittington against Oklahoma, but obviously he couldn't stay healthy. And Jake Smith is arguably uh, even more dangerous than Whittington in the slot. So he needs to return to his normal self. They need to keep feeding him. They didn't really look at him against Baylor. So he's a guy I'm looking at stepping up and needs to have a huge game if they're going to come and upset, upset uh, Oklahoma State and Stillwater. So um, I'm not even focused on the running game here. I think, like you mentioned, these wide receivers need to step up. Jake Smith was targeted twice in that game. He played 30 snaps. Mm-hmm. Twice in 30 snaps. you got to find of, a way to get him the Exactly. Ball. He's one of their most dangerous weapons. And Yurcich always preached this offseason about how he's going to find a way to get his best players football. And we haven't seen that this year. So something fishy's going on over there. Maybe Joshua Moore is your best player, so that's why they constantly try to feed him. I mean, but yeah, but Brandon Eagles and Tariq Black, I mean, what happened? Like, we looked at the team last year. He was – Brandon Eagles was second in receiving. What? What? Well, he, he ended up being third because Colin Johnson came back for that bowl game. But, you know, Brandon Eagles was a guy that they, they relied on. And, again yeah. – I mean, I know we're focusing on the offensive side. I don't even want to get into the defense trying to stop Chuba Hubbard. That's my big worry, especially if Joseph besides got a banged up shoulder. How effective is he going to be in this game? Oh, yeah, he's going to be wearing that big brace. But, I mean, uh, that's what he wore when he came back against Baylor and didn't yeah. seem to hinder hinder him too much. So, obviously, he's going to be huge and needs to be on the field. But uh, I'm more worried about our offense putting up points. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I think it's going to be somewhat of a shootout. Our offense has to put up points to be in this game. So, uh, they're not going to be able to play against a team like this and have a late fourth quarter miracle happen, I don't believe. So, yeah, it's it's going to be tough. But like I mentioned, just with all of the drama going on surrounding Herman and uh, off the field issues and things like that, I think they're somehow going to squeak out with the win here and just bring more confusion. But I don't think Herman's safe regardless. I don't have faith in them winning the rest of their games. So uh, at this point, it's kind of just um, a time frame on when he's gone rather than if he is. Absolutely. Yeah. And if you haven't head on over to longhornswire.usatoday.com. I wrote an article on why they should decommit from Tom Herman. You got to check that one out. Uh, But that's going to do it for this edition of the Locked on Longhorns podcast. Make sure you tune in tomorrow. We're going to get more in on the uh, Oklahoma State game as they get ready for kickoff at three o'clock on Saturday. But for Cami, I'm Patrick. And as always, keep it locked on. Welcome.